everyone has a bucket list which they want to check off as done in retirement. Today we plan on flipping the list on its head. We have a list of things to avoid in retirement. We also have a Stump the Guru question from a listener. Please stay with us. We've got a lot to talk about. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Well, it may be safe to say our opening conversation will be your unbucket list. Then, Fred was talking about we all have that bucket list. What's on the unbucket list? That's how we're opening Money Matters USA. This is the podcast devoted to retirement planning and the conversation about that with Fred Sade, who is founder and managing director of the firm Money Matters USA. Fred holds a PhD in economics from Duke University, and his focus in the financial universe is retirement. So very necessary, Fred, because there are many ways that we could slip up in retirement planning. Oh, yes. This is a topic that we could talk about for hours. Uh, unfortunately, we are limited in in time. But you're right. I mean, <laughs> we could. Well, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, all, all planning starts with a very, very fundamental question that that most people don't ask, which is, what is, what is it that you want your money to do for you in retirement? What is the purpose of what you're of what you're doing? How much control do you want to have over your money in order to achieve that purpose? Now that those are the fundamental questions. That's the construct that you really need uh, to decide on. It's not, it's not uh, playing the famous, or I should say infamous game of what's, your, what's my number, what's your number. In other words, a million, a million, two, a million, three, a million, five. What, what, that, that's a silly place to, to start because you're really not defining the purpose of what it is uh, that you are doing. The second thing is, how long do you wish to work in retirement? But there's another way to look at that is how long can you work? How long will you be allowed to work? Or able, Uh, yeah. Or able, yeah. People, there are a number of studies uh, on this, and people underestimate uh, the amount of of, uh, years that they're going to work in retirement. So if they say they're going to retire at 55, it's probably going to be at 58. If they say 58 or 59, it could be 57, it could be 60. If they say it's 62, it could be, but it could be 65. Uh, you ju- these are these are these um, different differing age points have been very well uh, studied. And a lot of people think that Retirement planning is is a, is a spreadsheet, 
and that and that the spreadsheet, the one-dimensional spreadsheet, is is it. Or they're going to buy a ninety-nine-dollar uh, program, which which gets an update uh, every year for twenty dollars, and and that's going to give them uh, the be-all uh, and and the end-all. These are very basic um, Excel-driven type programs. They're, they're not adequate. Uh, for any kind of serious uh, financial uh, or retirement planning. But they make a lot of uh, assumptions that, that tend to be, uh, you know, on the one hand and on the other hand and rules of thumb. Uh, th these are just generalizations. And the other issue here is that you don't know if those generalizations are valid anymore because research continues all the time. Some of it is very high quality research. Some of it's not, uh, but some of it is. And, and examine things that we think are true, but are not necessarily true. It's, it's, it's uh, to quote or misquote Mark Twain's uh, favorite, famous remark where Mark Twain said, it's not what you don't know that gets you in, into trouble. It's the things that you know for sure, which just aren't. So <laughs> I, I cleaned that up a little bit for what Mark actually said, or was reputed to have said. But in any case, there's a lot of truth to that. So unless, you're, unless you are open to uh, reexamining some of the beliefs and habits that you have formed, you could very well uh, go down the, uh, the, the wrong path. Yeah. So these, these, are, uh, these are some of the things. One of the things that I find, and, and there's a lot of research on this as well, and that is that very few people, in the most recent study by White et al., 75% of people say they do not have a written financial plan. Now, that's a staggering, and there, there's other research which corroborates uh, that. And without a written financial plan, you're just kidding yourself because it's in your head, but that's not a plan. You don't know if it's accurate. You have no benchmarks. There's no way to test it. And uh, you haven't talked to your spouse about it. You don't know what your spouse uh if your spouse is in agreement, if your timelines match up, if your goals match up, you have no idea. So it's it's got to be a, a written, a written detailed plan that that you commit to, that your spouse commits to, and this is the plan that you're going to uh, put into effect. And then you have to test drive it. I mean, you go to the car dealer and you say, oh, yeah, I've read about this particular model. Can I test drive it? And the dealer says, sure. You know, give us your license and we'll sit in the car with you. And we'll ride, you know, we'll, we'll take it for a bit of a ride. You want to go out on the highway? We'll, you know, accelerate here. Give it, give it a test. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you come back to the dealership and you decide, yeah, maybe I like it. Maybe I don't. And you say, you know what? I, I can't make a decision today. I, I've got to. I got to drive another couple of cars and say, and a dealer say, okay, we've got some other models. Try this, and you say, yeah, I, I will, and whatever. But without without test driving the plan, and it has to be a written plan, you don't know if it works. And the only way to find out is to give it give it a test drive. Yeah, and, makes sense. Um, yeah, um, and 
you may, if you are dependent, and again, there's a lot of research on this, but if you are dependent on a withdrawal strategy, and I don't care whether it's 3%, 2%, 4%, 6%, 7%, I don't care what that strategy is. Even wealthy people are concerned about losing their money, about market downturns, and are concerned about being able to uh, have adequate money and resources in, in retirement. And that brings us to another issue that's very important, and it is that people often are reluctant to take money out of their portfolio. This is a well-known fact. So a, a, you need, need, there needs to be a strategy that you commit to, that's, that you've tested, and if there are some kinks in it that need to be worked out, then, then that's a place and a time. Uh, to do it. So all it might need is some tweaking after that. But you also have to understand it so in order for you to get control over your money so it does what you want it uh, to do. And then you have to make a, a decision which may or may not uh, work out, but do you want to stop working cold? Do you want to do you want to have a hybrid retirement where you, you work part time or do you want to transition where you do less work? Uh, and um, work part-time to, to keep busy, um, have some income uh, coming in uh, to buttress your lifestyle. What you Really, one of the other problems that we see here is that because even wealthy people are afraid that they're going to run out of, uh, out of money, they live uh, in, in a way that is, is not the best way that they could possibly live. It's suboptimal uh, because they just don't want to withdraw uh, sufficient money. So they, they try to live on Social Security in the least amount that they can take out of their uh, portfolios or, or whatever is going to serve as, as their withdrawal strategy. So these are these are some of the, the key things to uh, to bear in mind. There are other things, but but these are these are the most essential and are the things that are most in your control. And that's the other point. Control what you can control. There are things you can't control, but you can't you can't worry yourself to death worrying about what you can't control. If you control those things that you can't control, the rest of these other things we can you can work out as contingencies uh, rather than as oh as the driving force. Well, speaking of contingency, um, that's 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 actually a good segue into something that we need to look at. And uh, just curious how that process works, because I know you build like with people, the plan needs to be flexible, though. Do you build into that contingency plans for life happens events? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's absolutely necessary because, you know, there, there are realistic there are realistic what ifs that um, the re- that re- the research tells us are, are going are going to happen. Now, we just don't know when they're going to happen, and maybe we get lucky, and uh, and it doesn't happen to us or to our spouse. But on the other hand, you have you have to be able to to address contingencies, the what ifs that may happen uh, in, in life. 
And unless you unless you do that, you know, you you will be surprised by things that you should not be surprised about because that that's part of the what ifs. And when you build a plan, a a substantial retirement, a solid comprehensive retirement plan, the what ifs are going to be addressed. And and then how you're going to deal with them. Um, you know, life is life is not a math problem. And, and those of you who listen to this podcast regularly know that I've said that many, many times. Uh, life is not always predictable as to what will occur and when it will uh, occur. So you really need a support network. Um, it could be your family, friends, uh, members of your church or synagogue or mosque. Uh, but it's also necessary to avoid avoid loneliness. Uh, <clears throat> join join clubs. Uh, take part in educational event, old guard groups. Uh, enroll in a course at, at your local community or junior college. Uh, perhaps there's a course in in uh, night school that your that your local high school or regional high school uh, is is offering. Um, volunteer. Uh, that's that is a very good way to to stay involved with with people and have social uh, interaction. And um, you know, as we age, oftentimes we outgrow friendships. People move on. They develop new friendships because they've joined groups uh, and they're involved with those groups. And and your, your friendship as great as it was, is, is in the past. And you just can't live in the past. You have to continue uh, to just to interact. The worst thing you can possibly do is stay home and watch television and talk back to the television screen. That, that, that just increases loneliness. That's a one-way uh, conversation. So <clears throat> this is, these are all uh, imp really important things to keep you going because if you do retire and you don't have the um, interaction with, with um, uh, co-workers or uh, with vendors or uh, suppliers or what have you, 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 lo you lose your, your mental agility and you lose your social uh, skills. Uh, go, to the, go to the public library, use a computer databases, uh, borrow a book, uh, uh, everything to keep mentally uh, active. Um, one of the things that, that I do at live events is I frequently would, will give out a crossword puzzle or a Sudoku puzzle for those who want to work them. Hmm. And, and a lot of people do because that's one of the fears that people have, which, which is losing a ment mental agility right. and, and, uh, and losing language skills. So... Uh, I've even um, I've even given out as as prizes for for when we when we play play a game of test questions. Uh, I've given out a, a, a crossword puzzle book or a Sudoku puzzle book or something of that of that sort. But it's it's all about uh, it's all about keeping mentally uh, active and, and and keeping your vocabulary up. So these are you probably won't find these on on what to do lists. But, but I find that these are, are really uh, important. Uh, you know, many of the um, senior centers, many of the 
and, and I, I mean these are community uh, centers. I don't mean I don't mean institutional ones, but many of them have uh, all sorts of, of programs where, where they bring in uh, people to talk about uh, various uh, topics. And, and a lot of the uh, medical large medical practices or hospital uh, groups uh, will have uh, researchers. Uh, and and they will uh, talk to. They hold regular uh, programs, and these are not designed for professionals. They're designed for lay people, uh, and and you can get quite a bit of information uh, from them about the things that you care about, which is which is usually uh, something that relates to memory, because that's usually the the the, cogn- the, the, the uh, deterioration of cognitive skills is usually something that that people are very. Uh, uh, concerned with. So find something that gives you social interaction that you care about, that gets you involved with, 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 other, with other people and, uh, and allows you to build a new sense of, of purpose uh, that, you, that, you, um, that you need because uh, you, you need a sense of purpose and you need to be fulfilled. Li- living a fulfilled life is absolutely essential because remember, if you've stopped working, that's only one portion of your life. Now you're in the second portion of your life. And, you know, who knows? You could live for 25, right. 27, 30, 40 years. could you, be you as long as you know. worked. Yeah, it could be. I mean, a, a husband and a wife in average health who, who do not uh, abuse alcohol and don't use tobacco, one of them is going to live to age 94. That's that's the re- that's what we know from the Society of Actuaries research. Mm-hmm. So if you retire at sixty, you know, for for one of you, it's it's going to be at least uh, thirty four years. It could be longer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. You have to factor that. We're looking at an unbucket list. So we've checked off having to work in retirement, feeling like you have to, and then longer than necessary. We've checked off not becoming lonely, uh, not being inactive in retirement. Let's look at risk that we need to consider in our retirement and not having what risk we need to take off the table, whether it be uh, in looking at sequence of returns risk or just plainly you know, not letting the market rule your budget or your retirement. Yeah, for, pe- for people who are market-dependent, uh, and who are going to draw income uh, from a uh, port- portfolio uh, approach, um, this could become dangerous because uh, the market has drawdowns. The market has um, very, very uh, substantial uh, amounts of risk I- inherent uh, within the market, so it, it can be, it can be corrections, could be drawdowns, it could be it could be volatility bumps, and so if you're, and this is this is where, as I alluded to earlier, where people get really concerned about withdrawing money from their account because then they worry, what if I run out of money? What happens if the market uh, turns on me? Uh, and if you're taking money from an account that is declining in value, uh, you could have negative equity. Uh, and, and, and once that happens, uh, when the market rebounds, you won't have enough money uh, to get any significant impact uh, from, from the market. And um, we, we have to 
be concerned because if the market is negative in the first two or three years before retirement or the first two or three years in retirement and we're drawing from the portfolios, we're going to run out of money usually in about seven years. If you get real lucky, maybe it's nine. Uh, if, if the market turns against us much later in retirement, the impact will not be uh, as great. And it's for the reason that I just alluded to, because we don't, we don't have the uh, positive earnings and, and the compounding and the positive equity, and we don't have the impact of the compound annual growth rate. So all this this is really vitally this is vitally important, and there is a limit. There's a finite limit as to how much you can tighten your belt. I mean, there's a limit to what you can do without. You have certain expenses that fit that are fixed. You have food, shelter, housing. I was going to say clothing. I mean, there's a you don't have to buy clothing every every week, but at some point you may need to replace something. Oh, yeah. uh, socks, underwear, uh, shirt, sweatshirt, sweater, something. Keep so up with these, styles. These, yeah, um, <laughs> the, all all of these all of these things uh, are impactful uh, in in retirement. And I mean, if you're going to go out and socialize, you you don't want to you don't want to look like you stepped out of a 1930s Sears catalog. Huh. <laughs> All those styles do come back. They certainly do. They certainly do. I have I have some I had a laugh recently. Um I have I'd say two or three sport jackets that I thought were totally out of style. But they're now the height of style. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just just give it enough time, it'll come back. Yeah. You know, isn't yeah, that true with finances though? It's kind of can it can you consider it cyclical? In many ways, like you know, we yeah. we saw inflation yeah. similar to the early '80s again. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, for years, I've assumed inflation at at least three and a half percent to four percent, and I've I've had people, you know, other people, you know, uh, other planners or so on, who said to me, "Oh, you're out of your mind! You don't need that." I I said, you know, the long term impact. Of, of inflation, you know, is is significant. There's a huge difference, just from two percent to two and a half percent, and from two percent to three percent to three and a half percent. I mean, the the uh, it's it's much better, in my opinion, to over reserve and have those assets available ju just in case. Now, I say assets, but look, retirement is all about income, so. We're, we're, we're taking assets that we created in the first stage during our working years. Now we're not really we're not either working at all or we're working at a much in a much reduced capacity. And we have to convert some of that into income. Now we want to, we may have want to have some of that in order to give us growth, but the the predominant amount cannot be uh, market. Market dependent. It really, it really needs to be in some way of having a predictable source uh, of income. And once we have that predictable source of income, when we when we have negative markets, when we have downturns and, and corrections, which we do have periodically, uh, then 
we don't have to pull money out of the out of the market uh, at the, at those times. On the other hand, when the markets are very um, performing very at a very high level, we may want to take excess money out and put it aside so that we have the money available to us when the markets turn against us. Uh, while that's theoretically possible, uh, people on people generally do not do not do that. They, they basically get into a cycle where if the market's up and I'm, I'm going for it, I want to get the maximum amount and I don't want to take any of my chips off the table. I'll only take them off when I have to. So and, and they can tell you a story where I own this and I sold at that rate and I thought I had reached the high point uh, and, and, and it didn't. It went, it went up another 10 points. And wow, I lost all that money because I, I, I was scared. So people are going to are going to are going to ride the bucking bronco, and and that's what that's really hmm. uh, what it what it amounts to. So if, if you have money in in a more predictable uh, income source that you can rely on, then when the, when the market is adverse to you, then you don't have to withdraw, uh, because all these other strategies run into. The problem that I've alluded to before is that people are afraid to take money out of their portfolios, and, and so that 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 prevents them from enjoying retirement to its fullest. Well, as you said earlier, and you were absolutely right, there are things that we could take hours going through, things to avoid and put on the unbucket list in retirement, but uh, definitely covered some really good ones there, making it where if you work. It's by choice, not feeling like you have to work, uh, making sure you understand what retirement's like. It's a change. You don't want to be lonely or unfulfilled and watching that risk, building in that income. There's so much to consider that Fred will go over with you at 800-593-8188. If you call to schedule, 800-593-8188. Another good way to schedule and reach out to Fred is through his website, which is moneymattersusa.net. And there's a lot you can do there uh, you can hear the podcast and we're talking about a lot you can scroll through and read uh, the subject matter there are 127 other podcasts you can scroll through and listen on demand uh, the website links you to that a couple of the platforms and they're on all of them uh, the podcast are but moneymattersusa.net absolutely fred uh, devoted time last podcast to talking about his red light program and the red light on the dashboard click that tab and if you click podcast You'll see the drop down for Stump the Guru. That's how you can submit a question to be answered by Fred on the podcast. And someone has recently done just that. So straight ahead, Fred will answer uh, the question. We'll we'll see if they were successful in stumping the guru (laughs) on Money Matters USA. Getting the right retirement strategy suited to your unique needs and desires is hitting the bullseye. You can say, I nailed it. You actually should say, we nailed it, because there's a fiduciary firm that's right there with you, putting together the pieces of your very own retirement puzzle. It's a bullseye plan for you. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188.
Yes, that is a way to reach out to Fred. Call that number, 800-593-8188, wherever you are. Fred Sade uh, specializes in or focuses, laser focuses on retirement planning. So if you're near retirement or maybe you're in retirement and would like to get another set of eyes, a second opinion, well, Fred's a good one to do that because he's done this for years. He has a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University, and really he lives in that retirement universe helping people uh, get properly structured and prepared and planned for their retirement. MoneyMattersUSA.net. A lot you can do there. That's Fred's website and the firm, uh, which is a fiduciary firm. You can learn about it, the process, uh, the resources available. Click that red light program because the red light on the dashboard uh, program, uh, you can learn more about it. Again, Fred talked about it a lot and what it's about gave us insight into his process. But of course, (laughs) it's about building in that income and making sure that you don't have to work in retirement and certainly that you can put to rest that fear of running out of money in retirement. Red light program tab at moneymattersusa.net. Access the podcast, click the podcast tab, and there you'll see the drop down. On the drop down there, you'll see Stump the Guru. That is where you can submit a question to Fred. Uh, if he, if you stump him and he picks your question for the show, now for the podcast, a stump. I always feel like I need to clarify. It doesn't mean Fred goes, mm, I don't know. It just means that he knows, but he had to do a little bit of research to better answer you. He calls that a stump, and he'll make it worth your while. So that's Stump the Guru, the podcast tab at MoneyMattersUSA.net. Well, Fred, here we go. Uh, we've got another good one, and love these questions that are coming in. Here it is. A question came in from, of course, a podcast listener wanting to know if Congress is responsible for the shortfall in Social Security funds. He read an article to that effect and is now upset by what he believes is the failure of Congress to, to play it straight with the American workers. So, Fred, your your thoughts. I guess he just really wants you to weigh in on this. He's got concerns. Yeah. Uh, my answer uh, is that Congress has not been deceitful. It's not played a game uh, with Americans. Congress has not stolen money from Social Security. When Social Security was set up in the Roosevelt uh, administration, it was anticipated that there would be excess funds. And so provision was made to deal with that. And these excess funds are invested in special purpose bonds and other instruments of indebtedness. Now, all these reserves are accounted for. And uh, whatever debt is sold, these debt securities are backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. So. Here are some of the issues as I see it. The, the first problem is a demographic problem. Legal, legal immigration into the United States has been declining for the last 25 years. And this lack of legal immigration is a big issue because these are often people who, who are uh, higher educated, better earners, and who pay into the Social Security system. The second problem is the fall of the live birth rate. Uh, Couples are tending to get married at later ages, and they tend to wait longer uh, to have children. We have uh, an income disparity. It's the third problem. We have research that goes to 2021, 
And uh, at that time, about 81% of earned income was subject to the payroll tax, if, if I remember correctly. And what that suggests is that people who are higher income, usually people who are principals, owners of, of subchapter S firms, uh, the, these people usually receive income in a, in, in a form that is not subject to the payroll tax. Uh, another issue is that when boomers leave the workforce, there just aren't enough new workers coming into the workforce to, to, to replace them. Now, in my opinion, um, Congress is a problem in a particular sense, but that the way in which Congress is a problem is that it reflects the political divisions in the country and so far, uh, Congress cannot agree on a solution or a set of solutions to the long-term solvency of Social Security. And most of the solutions are just raise the retirement age and increase taxes. So that's kind of where we are on this. I appreciate the question. And I'd like to suggest that if you have not collaborated with an advisor to maximize your Social Security benefits, then give us a call. Give me a call at our toll-free number, 1-800-593-8188. And I'd be happy to discuss your situation with you. Thank you again for the question. Absolutely. And uh, it's an important one. Uh, and we want to make sure that we... <laughs> Uh, but we've paid in it all our lives, so we want to make sure it's there for us. What is it, like 2.8 workers per Social Security recipient now? It's something like that. Yeah. We're yeah. going back to 19, let's see here. What I, I've heard, it was at one, 1940. I met SSA.gov. This is amazing. It was 159 workers. Does that sound yeah. right, Fred? Yeah, it probably was. But it was a lot more, in other words, and it's oh, less than uh, three yeah, now. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and then we got, you know, wartime, a lot of full employment. Uh, I mean, that, the, our entry into the war solved the excess unemployment problem that we had. You either you either went into the service, you know, or you worked in, in war industry. That was a higher number than, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that, you know, and that's why we had a problem. At the end of the war, where people got demobilized, and President Truman wanted to reestablish the New Deal, so we had a very serious. Uh, well, the euphemism is recession because people, you know, want, people don't. Government doesn't want us to get upset, so they don't use the word depression any longer. They use recession, uh, but but that's what we had. We we had quite a recession in the country, runaway inflation, and uh, and uh, and Congress which was run by the Democrats, Southern Democrats, monetary, monetary policy didn't exist then, but uh, they uh, opposed Truman's efforts to reestablish the New Deal, and they uh, supported a, uh, uh, more, more spending to get the country to solve some of the supply chain problems, absorb some of that excess money. Uh, and get the country uh, back. Uh, so we had a con con housing boom, construction boom, uh, 
uh, which which was part of the uh, part of the solution mm. to the problem. Uh, that's that's yeah. a very short version. Of, well, you know, I do uh, want to correct something. So before I forget, I was I was wrong on that. Nineteen forty forty two workers per retiree, but today two point eight, <laughs> and by twenty fifty it'll be two to one. Yeah, uh, this, that's what I'm this reading. Is, yeah, and uh, this is one of the concerns that I that I have with uh, robotics. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm I'm less worried, you know, less worried about uh, um, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger coming coming mm. back as, as a robot. <laughs> Real uh, robot. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 what I'm concerned uh, what I'm concerned about is uh, that that there'll be less uh, employment opportunities. Uh, for for people, regardless what? of the of the training and and I was just reading and, about and that today, level. Fred, on, in on the in the Hill, almost forty percent of almost forty percent of jobs worldwide could be disrupted by AI, but that's yeah. a big number. Yeah, and then I saw another one that said AI could affect up to sixty percent of jobs. So anyway, we don't know yet. But it, it's <laughs> not, yeah, not not at not at this point. But we're going to have to reinvent uh, work. Yes, and, we are. And how you know, and how um, and it's not just robotics, you know, on on the factory floor, but how 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 humans and artificial intelligence, humans and robotics, how all of this can can work can work together because. You know, you have to remember that, that the original factory system, the, the assembly line, it was still artisan work. I mean, when you when when you, I don't know how many people have seen the um, new movie about uh, you know about about the uh, about the atomic bomb. I haven't uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, I have not. I want to see that. Yeah, it's it's it is a it's a fascinating movie, but but the reason I mention it is that the atomic and hydrogen bombs were built by hand. They they were artisan creations. Right, right, that, right. That's a, you know, that's a reflection of what the factory floor was. Now, you know, the the robot with an arm that can bend that that took an enormous amount of effort. Just to be able to do that simple task. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's more. Most of the factory floor is the use of a robotic robotics with a, with an arm that can bend. So I recently saw something at the Amazon, one of the Amazon facilities, and they have robots. And what does the robot do? It extends its arm, it grabs a package, bends its arm, and puts it on a conveyor belt. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, you know what? And we're not uh, going to have to wait a hundred years to see big changes. It's it's changing. It's growing exponentially. Yeah. I mean, Chat GPT really on the scene only about a year, and it is growing and growing and growing. So it's going to be interesting to see, definitely. But um, Fred, uh, retirement will go on, and and there's always yeah. going to be a need for someone like you uh, to reach out to Fred eight hundred five nine three eight one eight 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 hundred. 593-8188. Visit the other podcasts. Check them out. Uh, you can access those right at his website along with the Red Light Program and Stump the Guru and much more at MoneyMattersUSA.net. Thanks for being with us on the Money Matters USA journey. 
Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.